What do you mix your rum with? A glass? <laughs> and some ice. <laughs> Gastric juices. My, my, my sorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These shard remnants of my failed dreams. <laughs> That's right. Uh. Let me just turn this fan on me. Uh, start the show. <clears throat> All right. I will start the show. It is Tuesday, September 13th, 2016. And this is on Taking Pictures, episode, let me get my notes here, what, what is our episode number? Episode 229, for those of you keeping track, for those of you who have started right. Fan is at episode it's one. Huh? Sorry. It's oscillating? Yeah, it's I was in the middle of my thing. Version. I'm now sorry. I gotta start again. Start it again. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna I'm start bad. again. I'm not gonna start again. I'm just gonna okay, keep, keep going. keep going. Uh, for those of you who have been with us since the beginning, thank you. And for those of you who are with us now, thank you. Either way, thank you. Really. Because... There are a lot of podcasts to listen to, a lot of photography podcasts to listen to, though none as good. Eh, well, some people could argue that. Yeah, I think there, there are some would. that are as good. I, I there don't are think you and I necessarily would, but, you yeah, know. But there are, there are some good ones out there. <laughs> There's some really good um, ones. But you know what? None of those other ones have Bill Wadman in New York and, uh, and me, Jeffrey Sidoris, in D.C. That's so, true. So, you know, so there's that, yeah. really. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hey, I went to see a concert last night. Um, went to see Young the Giant. Yeah, how was that? Fantastic. And it was the first time I'd been to the 930 Club, which is a terrific venue. Oh, I've uh, been there small. in 20 years. Yeah, uh, uh, great. I love it. Uh, it's small and it's got a little sort of horseshoe-shaped mezzanine up above. Yep. Um, so Mezzanines we were upstairs. Are where it's at. I loved it. All the yeah. kids are slammed together down on the floor. Yep. I'm up in the mezzanine drinking my latte. Having a great old time. I noticed from the perch, from the angle that you took that shot, you were quite literally where uh, Waldorf and Stadler <laughs> are. Pretty much. And I, <laughs> but I was quiet. I didn't heckle much. Okay. Uh, so Young the Giant and Ra Ra Riot opened up for them. Terrific band. I'd never heard Ra Ra Riot before. I'd heard of them. Yeah. And I looked them up on, uh, on YouTube and Spotify and stuff before the show, but... Tight, really tight. And then uh, Young the Giant, I've wanted to see them for, gosh, a few years now. And they were terrific. I found that um, a lot of bands that are at the level that you're talking, the kinds of bands that play things like the 930 Club, right, um, who are touring a lot, are generally really solid because they're playing so much in more condensed spaces you know right so they they have they have an they still have a a youthful energy to them because even though if they've been around for a decade there's still this element of oh we're still we're scraping by doing good work you know making a living but not rich as thieves you know what i mean um, sure so it's there's this interesting thing where it's like we're good enough to be pros but not quite good enough to have madison square garden you know what i mean so or not quite as big enough rather not good enough um yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I like Good, that. Great uh, sound. Although, you know, I have I have taken to going to concerts with earplugs. Sure. And I find it is a much better experience, especially after the show. Uh, yeah, if you if you uh, get yourselves some of the <clears throat> little Edimotic earplugs, uh, which actually just sort of deaden it flat across the whole spectrum, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they cost thirteen dollars on uh, on Amazon. Uh, I will put them in the show notes. Yeah, put they them in the are, show notes. They are it made great. a world of difference. <clears throat> yeah, I, mean, I came out great. Uh, Adrian did not uh, use them, and her head was a little ringy afterwards. 
Well, and then that means that she has some hearing loss, which will be useful later in life when, you know, you want to yell to her and, you know, or say that you yelled at her, yelled towards her. She didn't listen. You're like, I, I said, I what? called you. I- you. Do you remember that Young the Giants show back in 2016? That's where this came from. That's what happens. Yeah, see, that's a, we're, we're going to have to get her some of these earplugs. I can't have nice things. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll send you some earplugs. Uh, they're 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 good, and I keep. Doing are they the bag. ones that do they have to mold to your e- to no, your ear? No, these are these are just uh, here. I'll put it in the because the, the headphones are like that, right? Where they do a mold of your you, you ear can canal? get the mold, or they just have the little tri flange thingy. Oh, these I are see. Like, these these okay. are tri flange ones, but with a little tube coming off the flange that has a has a uh, uh, filter in it that deadens it down a little bit. So you still hear the high end, but it's just the whole thing's not as loud. Pulls huh. it down 20, 30 dB. It's wow. That's, that's, that's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. They're fan- they're, they're, they are now very good. They're 13 bucks. What's the diff between the one with the, uh, I'm looking at them on the on blue the stem side. versus frosted stem. No, no, no. There's a shorter, oh. a shorter version. If you look right down below frequently bought together. Oh, I see. Oh yeah. Look at that. What is the uh, difference? Do you know? I, I do not know. Uh, these, uh, look, uh, fancier. Uh, it's a new discrete design is what it says about the product. Maybe that's it. So maybe they're just a little smaller for musicians, but the other ones you don't really notice that bad. Uh, so yeah, 20 bucks. Not bad. Can't go wrong. Um, well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed your concert. Yeah. It was fun. Been working a lot. Been doing, doing stuff. Yeah. How's that going? It's going really well. I've, I've been on this kick of watching, uh, I've, I subscribed to Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, and one of the things that this was from probably a year ago, and I remembered seeing this a while back, but his, his, he was talking about the lack of making. And, and this kind of gets back to, to some of the Seth Godin things that we've, that we've talked about, um, of, uh, around just shipping. And he was like, you know, people are spending way too much time pondering and thinking about things and not just putting things out there. Sure. You know, especially with regard to social media, um, that there, there, there is this, there's still this strategizing that goes on instead of just doing, instead of just getting things out there. And his, his kind of angle was document. Don't, don't create, just document. Um, Interesting way of putting it. And again, this is, this is for certain uh, outlets. Now, uh, and I want to I want to get into just a little bit of what you can talk about with this new project. But I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday, Jeff Newton, who's a terrific photographer in L.A. Yep. And uh, we're going to do an episode of, of Process Driven. But the, the the short one of the things that we were talking about was how much of his work last year came as a result of a project called Americano Mondays that he puts out on Instagram. And the, the vast majority of the new business that he got last year came from people seeing Americano Mondays, contacting him and saying, we want you to shoot our thing like this. Sure. Yep. Um, and it was, it was a passion project. It still is. You know, he's kind of doubled down and I won't, I won't talk about it too much because it, I'll let him tell it. He tells it much better. Um, but there is this idea, it kind of gets back to to you know something that we've sort of recurringly talked about uh partially with reference to John Keatley who also has a new project up which is fantastic 
Uh, but his thing was, you know, sh- shoot the personal work that you want to shoot professionally because that's, that's, that's where your passion is. That's where your juice is. That's where your, your intent is. Uh, that's true. Uh, now, this gets us to you. Yeah. You, a few years ago, did a project without any sort of client attached to it. True. It went up on your website. Yeah. Somehow made its way to social media. Pinterest, I think you said it was, right? Uh, ends up, yeah, a lot on Pinterest. So, yes. And as a result of that, a client approached you to do arguably one of the biggest things that you've done all year, if not the biggest thing. Uh, biggest thing I've done this year, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, uh, they, they liked my uh, the motion dancer images, which... A lot of people do, and a lot of people like and contact me about them. And and these guys were, were had had used them uh, as um, as creative uh, uh, um, sort of their mood board, right? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and they were just like, well, we want to do something like this. Why don't we get the guy who did this? So uh, they did, and uh, here we are. Um, okay. So, so my yeah. question for you is, you 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 have historically poo pooed social media. To, uh, yeah. to to great length. Has this go ahead? Wait has this changed your opinion of the value that social media can bring in terms of personal work becoming professional work? Um, see, it's interesting because I don't see. I put so most of them got pinned because. Uh, it was featured on Behance, which is now Adobe's portfolio kind of site thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a number of my projects that I put up on Behance have ended up on the featured page or that kind of thing. So they get hundreds of thousands of views. Um, and then th- most of the stuff that ended up on Pinterest spread from there. I personally don't see that as social media in the same way that Twitter and Instagram are. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I could be wrong, I guess. Um so no, not really. I mean, and plus this is one thing like that in X amount of years, you know, in, in mm-hmm. five, six years. So it's, to me, it's not, it hasn't really changed things that much. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think doing the work and putting it out there, period, and and putting it up on something like Behance and then maybe get selected and that kind of stuff. If I just put this out on Twitter, or put these images on Instagram and didn't have a huge following on Instagram, I don't think that it automatically would have created some huge gigantic thing for me now that said i think that doing personal projects and god i've done a lot of personal projects and just putting them out there for the sake of putting them out there and and a lot of times work does come from those things you know uh i've gotten work from my corner portraits i've gotten work from the motion stuff i've gotten work from drabbles um i'll probably get some work from the new dream stuff um so so yeah i mean i'm all for making this stuff and putting it out there uh, it's interesting because, uh, going back to your Vanderchuck thing that, that, that <clears throat> he's saying, I guess, I think what a lot of people, the, the hesitation they have about putting just about anything up on Instagram or what have you is that the work that they see from other people feels so polished so that if you, there's this element of man, if my stuff doesn't feel as polished as that, maybe I should take some more time working on it before I post it because otherwise it's going to look amateur compared to that guy's maybe, thing. Maybe, but have you seen some Instagram stories? They're, they're anything, Yeah, you know, at least a lot of the stuff that I've been watching, it's anything but polished oh, and yeah, I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah, you know, As I told Jeff the other day, I'm, I'm 
you know, I love his Americano Mondays series and I love, I don't care if it's out of, you know, out of uh, uh, the box thinking or, or I don't care if it's, you know, not so great audio. I don't care if it's not properly color graded. What I do care about, (laughs) I do like coffee. Yeah. What I do care about is going along for the ride. Sure. And that's what that affords you. It, it affords you getting a little peek behind the curtain into, into the process of some of the people that you follow. If it's done in a way that, you know, if, if that's the subject matter that they're after. Now, I, I follow a, a lot of the people that I follow on Instagram. I follow them for very specific reasons. And it's mainly because I enjoy a particular body of work or a particular way of seeing the world. I don't follow a lot of people that are just posting lifestyle shots from what they're up to. Right. Um, right, right. It, it is really more uh, an inspiration tool for me. Right. So when I see things like, you know, Jason Peterson, when I see him, he does, he's a Chicago based photographer, does incredible black and white cityscapes. When I see some of the behind the scenes stuff that he's sort of taking us along for the ride on, that's exciting to me. Yeah. Because yeah. those are the kinds of questions that I might ask if given the chance to have a conversation anyway. Sure. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But they're, they're anything but polished. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and there's a lot of situations like uh, we shot, producers shot a bunch of BTS video. There were two people there shooting that stuff. And mm-hmm. and some of us shot some stuff on our phones. And if my agent and producer shot a bunch of stuff on her camera. So there are hours and hours of BTS stuff that I can't show because the stuff's not public yet, right? So there's also that element of it where I would have loved to have a video camera going, you know, sort of like a just a... Um, What's the, what's the word? Like a GoPro off in the corner or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even yeah. have it have it be live, right? Do a, uh, what's the th- what's the Twitter thing where you go live? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, the uh, uh, Periscope. Periscope. You know, just yeah. do a Periscope and have it running. I mean, uh, Dan, who was teching, uh, stuck an old iPhone 5 up on a bracket and did uh, uh, day-long time lapses. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just plugged mm-hmm. a battery into a, an old an old iPhone and, and that's d- fine. Yep. You know, it's that, fun. Yeah. Again, we just want to be, yeah. we just want to be there. We want to be yeah. along for the ride. Yeah. And I you can't know, wait they, to share uh, a lot of that stuff because it's, because it's, I, it's fun seeing how much uptime and downtime there is in these things. You know, you're there for days, but how much time you're actually doing stuff is sure. Cause you're doing 20 other things when you're not in front of a camera, um, is always interesting or waiting or setting up or that kind of stuff. Well, so. and, and there is this inherent fascination with how things get done. Uh, there, there was a, another video, I posted it in the G plus group, Nick Brandt, who I spoke to a couple of months ago, uh, about his inherit the dust project. He's recently released a couple behind the scenes videos. And what's interesting is, is he imposed this very strict, what he thought at the time was strict, no photos ban, uh, or f- photo ban on set, uh, because he himself prefers the mystery of creation sure. prefers not to see behind the curtain yep. but so many people when he released these photographs went oh you just composited this together sure. and he was like no no right. i didn't I and thankfully you know some people didn't yeah. adhere to the ban and shot some iphone footage of these 30 40 foot you know panels sure being drug across the desert by 30 men it was interesting uh, when I was watching that video that the, the the they weren't single prints; they were strips that they were putting together, yep, like they were. Yep. 
it was it's it's like a subway ad yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Kind yeah. of a paste up. In fact, yeah, he, that's probably how he had it printed. You know, because those mm-hmm. are probably a lot cheaper than getting a giant, giant, fancy print done. You know, don't need the resolution from sixty meters away. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, absolutely. I I think. But do you think that you and I are interested in the behind the scenes stuff, and we're fascinated by the what's the what's the Instagram account that that you introduced me to that I like the the famous BTS? Is that what it is? Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, where where we're interested because we're interested in how they did it because we want to learn, you know, tricks and, and tips and go, Oh, that's interesting how he has that scrim over that light behind there. Oh, that's how he gets that look. But does the average person care how things are made? I think they do. I think that's, well, I think there are two things going on here, how it's made the, the physical process of how it's made or yeah. just the thought process behind it. And I think that, sure. that one of the great things about the, the stories feature now is it allows you to do both. It allows you to talk about what you're doing, talk about, you know, what's going on, how you're kind of getting from, from A to B via, you know, C through Z. Right. Um, or you can show the more sort of practical, if you will, side of it. Sure. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to leverage that. I'm trying to figure out how to share some of what I'm doing without without putting myself sort of center stage on camera because that's that's not something that's interesting to me. The the whole idea of vlogging is not really interesting to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out ways where I can utilize video because that's where the level of interest is exploding, has exploded. Yeah. Um, Well, like show, show your hands and you talking over it, but not like a front on kind of thing or, or do time-lapse kind of stuff or something. Maybe. I mean, I, I've, I've had a number of people ask me to explain, for example, my, my painting process or, or, you know, how I, uh, how I, I use acrylics and, and emulsion transfers. And I think that's interesting on, on some level, but it's, it's, I think the approach to why I'm doing these things is more interesting. But how do you describe why you do something? I mean, uh, uh, let's use the <laughs> layers of your paintings as an example. I mean, how how do you in your head think about the reason why you use? Well, there are certain, I think there are certain processes, processes that, that yield different results. There are certain end results that are more, prominent or dramatic there are there there are other processes that are more subtle so it i think it really depends on in in my case what i'm trying to communicate with a particular piece okay if it's if it's a narrative piece if it's just an abstract then you know but you do like you do like the idea of you use layering in most of your stuff that i've seen in everything yeah Yeah. everything is you know somewhere between 10 and 30 layers deep okay so so What is the what is the fifteen second uh, 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 description on the label next to one of those on the wall of the reason why you like to layer things? Is it because life is layered? Is it because ideas interact oh, no. with each other? No, because- I think it's 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 a it's a, it it all comes down to what the what the main message of the piece is, or what I was trying to say with the piece versus some of the supporting themes or ideas. That's all. I mean, it's very simple and it's not, you know, man versus society. It's, I, I don't, I don't think that deeply. I think 
I really do think in terms of of what's going to make an impact visually. Yeah. Do you do you find that when you do things that are s- more uh, flat layered that it's not visually interesting enough for you? That 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 by building up the layers you can build complexity in a way that you feel like you can't you're not getting what yeah, satisfies you. Yeah, because I I really like you know the, the the people that I really admire and 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 uh, follow or or have been fans of for a long time. There's subtlety. There's complexity. There there there's a multitude of things going on. I mean, yes, I like Rothko, for example. Sure. In just these these large. Uh, arguably, I mean, they're 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 simple, but they're complex in making them simple. But you I, know, I, I, I I like that. I heard them I like, described as ping pong tables up on the wall. Recently. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like you know the 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 simplicity of Richard Serra. I like the right. simplicity in in some graphic design, but there's also this sort of underlying complexity of of Rauschenberg or Twombly or or um, you know any of the the sort of abstract expressionists that I that I find interesting because I want to keep looking and see what I see. Sure, and I may see something that that you don't see, and vice versa. You may see something that I didn't see, don't see, am not able to see, and I think that's the beauty of it. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's. Uh, um, I I think a lot about uh, when when people ask you know, why you do something. In fact, part of this thing I had to get interviewed for a little, you know, for the BTS video, they were also interviewing me on camera Mm -hmm. and they were just like, well, how do you see, you know, your, your artistic stuff interacting with, you know, the campaign and what we're trying to do. And it's, I mean, these are very difficult questions to ask without it just becoming buzzword central, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And you could easily do that, right? You could come up with some sort of stock answer that is, you know, oh, you know, integrating the artistic feeling of the such and such to to communicate with the whatever, you know. But really, it's 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 putting it into words feels like it lessens it a lot of times to me. Um, Does it, talking about it feel like it takes away from from some, what you're trying to do? Yeah, I think huh. sometimes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I think that it's a little bit. It's a it's a little bit like. Um, <laughs> well, not not quite this bad, but you know the the famous stories of oh they you know this this guy wrote this amazing thing that he thought was great the night before, and then he looks at it in the morning and it's it's very ordinary, you know. Um, I think I think if you look too hard at anything, you can you can rip it apart, and in the process, you 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 wipe away the magic. In trying to hmm. clean it up, you wipe away the magic. Hmm. Um, and maybe and it's interesting because I mean if you go back to your uh, Vanderchuk guy, right? I mean, he's saying put it out. He's not saying put it out and and then, uh, sh- you know, show me how you did it. Let's talk about why you did it. Um, I, I, I am, I am firmly on the side of. I, look, I like showing off. I've done some BTS videos. I, I like the idea of of showing how I did something if somebody's interested in that. But I also feel like I'd. I'd rather the work stand on its own. And if it doesn't, great. If it does, great. Uh, if 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 there's conversations about it, I guess other people can have conversations about it, but that's not interesting to me. That's not why I'm doing it. You know, I'm doing it to well, make think, this stuff, I, not to talk about it, you know? I think we're getting hung up a little on the whole the whole BTS side of it. That's that's a very small part of, of right. what I 
like about the the, uh, the Instagram stories and, right. and well, I guess okay. even Snapchat stories. Well, that, that's uh, the part I that couldn't somehow, figure out Snapchat. I know we're far too old to understand Snapchat. I, I you, couldn't. I mean, I, it was such a frustrating app to use. I was just uh, you have a kid somewhere it. in your life. You could they'll they'll teach you how to use Snapchat. Yeah, I don't want to. Instagram <laughs> stories fits me better. Um, no, I, I, what I was saying was that the the BTS side of things somewhat interests me. Uh, hmm. Me talking about my own work. I mean. I'm supposed to give a talk. By the way, here's a little uh, here's a little plug. Next Monday night at Soho Photo in Manhattan, I am giving a talk at the Park West Camera Club. I do believe it is. Um, uh, who invited me to come give a talk? So uh, I think it's open to the public. You may have to pay like five bucks on the way in the door. Uh, but uh, I think it's at seven o'clock. Uh, but I'll find a link and put it in the show. Yeah, notes. find it and put it in the notes. Um, but uh, if anybody's around and wants to come listen to me talk, I think I'm actually going to talk about some of the new dream stuff and go through the process, you know, technical stuff and layered documents and and kind of pull things together. So if you're interested in that at all, uh, come out Monday night. Um, but I, I think getting back to the Gary Vee yep. thing, I think he, the point of him saying it was stop overthinking things and just yeah. make. Sure. Because because no matter what That's, you make, it's it's going to be crap to someone yep. and it's going to be amazing to someone else. Exactly. That's oh man, he's no, that I completely agree with that. That's how I that's generally how I live. Um yeah. Uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But if you, if you spend all the time, it's it, again, it's the Seth, the Seth Godin uh, thing of, of you control when you start and when you ship. If you spend all the time planning and strategizing, then somebody else is going to ship you 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 like thinking about this stuff and like these quotes and you seem to you seem to struggle with the thinking too much about it before i do i do um i mean and it's it's something that i've been working on for a long time um even even this conversation you've been having the past couple weeks about oh well maybe i'm gonna make pd into a season thing right like into structured blocks and that kind of stuff yeah um is that for you think, or is that for your listeners? You know? I think it's both. Okay. It's it's both. It's it's a it's a it's a reflection of how I like to how I prefer to consume media. How I like to listen to podcasts, right. how I like to watch television, how I like to, right. you know, whatever. Um and it's something it's something a little a little different. It's it also lets me focus on six episodes of Process Driven as a project. Okay, so I so know you need, that you need this to structure your work. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. It's it's me trying something new because what I've been doing isn't working for me as as the producer of this. The 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 uh, the creation of it isn't working. The res- the response you're getting isn't what you want. No, the what, response what is fantastic. To? Response okay. is fantastic. Um I I think it's it's a time management issue partially. It's a there's a there's another show that's going to be added that will that will dovetail with process driven. Right. Um, so basically, what I what it looks like right now is there will be six episodes of process driven every twelve weeks, and in the interim between those twelve wait, wait, weeks, and you're going to put them out as six in six together, or you're going to put them out weekly? You're going to put them out every no, two they're going to put out six. Six episode blocks every 12 weeks. Okay, so you're going to drop six episodes at the same time. Yes. Okay. And then in between those those two blocks, let's say, 
there's this this other show that will pull two guests from the previous six episodes of Process Driven and two guests from the next series of six and then two that are unrelated. Right. So so it's 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 looking forward and looking back all at the same time. It, it's it's just sort of And each I'm set hoping, of six is going to have some sort of theme that connects them? Um occasionally they will, not always. And the theme may be it's six of the same type of person in terms of what, what they do. Maybe it's six illustrators or six writers or six musicians. It might go that way. Right. The first set of six is not. It's going to be kind of a mix. Um, all I can do is keep moving the kaleidoscope a little bit. When, 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 when the colors don't quite do it for me, I can just, you know, just tick it over a little bit and see what else f- comes into place. Okay. Can I, can and I that's, ask? Go ahead. Yeah. No, good. Can I ask a, a somewhat? I'm not trying to be rude at all. I'm just asking. Yeah. How do you How do you know the difference between it not working and your own neuroticism just getting in your own head? You know what I mean? Yeah. I. Uh, that's and a I don't good mean, question. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just. I'm. No, 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 no. That's a good question. And I think I think there are probably a lot of people listening right now who just kind of went, huh? Yeah. How How do you know? How How do I know if what I'm doing, whatever it is, is working? Yeah. Or whether it's just me thinking it's not working, and yeah. I I don't know that there's a concrete answer. I don't know that there's a black and white answer. And then how much Again, time? You, how much time do you spend thinking about ways to change the thing that you're working on because you think it's not working, even though it might be working? You know what I mean? Like you can, it, it this kind of get this gets back to the whole shipping thing, right? Yeah, I mean, and but I guess part of part of what makes it a little easier to think about is you know I I did I started with with the Q and A up at F and B stuff, and then did did this show did a couple process drivens and then did the craft and vision show right and i kind of reflected back on the craft and vision show i like that it was this 12 episode arc i really like that it was that it was here's a season for lack of a better word it began it ended that's it sure and if i start I, i wanted to figure out a way that i could look at my own show or shows as little mini versions of that okay. where I can for for six or eight weeks focus on coming up with six stories, edit them, you know, get the music sourced. The, the production is going to be a little different on the next series of these as well. Sure. Um, and a lot of the and again, paying attention to how I listen to media, how I how I how I. Uh, sort of relate to media in terms of television and and radio. And then Malcolm Gladwell did his revisionist history podcast. And I went, yeah, that makes sense to me. I love that. Yeah. It probably took you a year to put this all together, but here it is. Boom, done. Yeah, sure. Here it is as a project. And now you're on to the next project, whether it's another 10 episodes of revisionist history or a book or a blog series or right. whatever it's, it is. So it's, it's thinking of podcasts as an art form that have constructive chapters versus just a weekly thing that goes on forever and in, in ad infinitum. I think so because I've got this, I've got this show. And again, no, this is not meant as, as a, a comparison or right. I've got this show to scratch that itch right, to scratch sure. that. I need to do this weekly conversation for yep. thousands of people. Right. You know, that that gets taken care of with with on taking pictures and sure. I'm thankful for that. I'm so grateful for that. In terms of producing another body of work, 
I think it makes sense for me to try this this way. And maybe after two seasons, for lack of a better word, it doesn't work and I try something else. But right. that's the beauty of the web is it's fluid. Okay. That's the beauty of this type of media is I didn't just print 100,000 catalogs and send them out and go, oh, shit, I noticed a typo on page 17. What right. am I going to do now? Right, 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 right. Do you okay? You know how we always talk about Patrick buying buying into a lot of uh, educational material because he wants to find the one bit that maybe he didn't know. I don't know that he wants to find it. I think that it it's it's not that he's looking. It's it's that he's constantly absorbing. Okay, fair. He enough. is like yeah. a, a a creative sponge. He's just that's just what he does. Yep. It's not it's not like he's going. Oh gosh. I don't know X, Y, Z, so I really need to seek out that knowledge. But let's see how this guy does it. Oh, and there's a little bit of something I never thought of, so I'm going to take that. I understand. Yeah, okay. So I just put it badly. I guess my question is, uh, you you like the quotes about shipping, but do they they sink in, or are you constantly looking for a new way to think about that in order to combat? I think they do sink in. Um, This weekend, I put up three new pieces. Well, didn't put them up there. I've been working on some new t-shirt designs. Okay. I've got three new ones. Uh, they have been sent off to a printer so I can get them back and see if they're going to do, you know, see if they're going to appear the way I want them to appear. And if so, they'll go up. I started them sort of concepted them out and finished them all this weekend. Right. Um, the book is almost done. The book is nearing completion. It's, it gets closer every day. I, I make progress every day. Um, this, this new show is, is still sort of nebulous, but I've started having the conversations with guests about it. And, and so far, Knockwood, everyone that I've asked has been very supportive and very interested. Yes. Um, so I, I think I'm in this sort of transitional. Yeah. These, these are the beginnings of a whole bunch of stuff that you hope to finish soon. Uh, I think it's beyond hope. I think, I think the wheel, the wheels are in motion to finish them. You know, I've the other thing to think about is, and if you're listening to this show, maybe you've gone through this, is you've got years, maybe decades of thinking about what you do, the way you do it. You form those sort of neural patterns. You form those behavioral patterns. You form those, those creative patterns. Making a shift, if, if it's even possible is is can be uh slower than we'd like Mm, now okay put it within the context of the last 15 months of my life i've made left everything yeah Yeah. i've left everything i've known behind sure i moved to the east coast you know got married you know all this stuff that that would be would be a lot over a longer period i've i've compressed into a lot of really base level dramatic shifts yep. in a 12 to 15 month period. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think relative to all that, I think where I'm getting to regarding shipping is, is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And the other, the other thing from a, from like a, 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 a sort of neurolinguistic or, or like a Tony Robbins approach you know, you, you, you have to change only happens when, when the pain of not doing it becomes greater than the pain of doing it. Right. Sure. 
Yeah. So it's, it's that tipping point of, I can't not do it this way anymore. Yeah. You're almost to the shipping point of shipping. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Classic. Uh, no, I, look, I, I, I understand. I, it's interesting to me because I am generally someone who does not think about the larger scale implications of the smaller things that I do, arguably to my detriment, but I would mm-hmm. rather make something and put it up and move on to the next thing. Because if I sit there and I fester on it, it's going to make me crazy. I mean, that, that goes back to, sure. you know, your quote you just gave. It's like for sure. me, and I, be- I believe that's the direction that I'm moving in. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like, I want to get it done, whether it's perfect or not. I just need to get it done and get it out the door because it, 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 I, this, I can't, I can't just sit there and stew on stuff. Um, no, but I would imagine you have some difficulty there because from a, from a technical standpoint, you, you are, Oh, certain things Very take a long time. Very fastidious about your work. Yes. No, I am. Yeah, and yeah. and there's, there's a battle there where it becomes, okay, I've been working on this image for, you know, two months on and off, you know, where I've, sure. I worked on it. I got it to a certain point and I moved on to something else and I'm coming back to it. And, right, and, right. but, but, you know, especially with more complex things, there's no answer to when so, the, 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 the idea that something is ever done Right. is is next to impossible to describe, right? Sure. Um, well, it gets us back to the, the Cezanne discussion a few weeks ago. Exactly. Where he yeah, rarely, yeah. there were a lot of pieces that he didn't sign because that would signify it's done. And to right, him, they right. just weren't done. Right, right, right. I'll, so, I'll put it, I'll let you hang it on the wall, but it's still not done. Right. And, 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 and maybe that's just him. I, I wonder if it's because he thinks that he wants to change something because it's not done because it's not what's in his head. Or is it not done because it doesn't match what's in his head, but it will never match what's in his head, but his way to cover up that, you know, to put, hmm. to put, to put a tarp across those two things is yeah, to say yeah. that it's not done, yeah. even though he could never get it done. You yeah. know, even I, I reserve the be... right to, to make changes at any moment. Kind exactly. Of yeah. 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 Sure, sure. And, and so I, I, I fight, I fight those tendencies all the time, but usually what wins out is stop complaining, Bill export the damn image and put it up there and let sure. people see it, you know? Um, and, and what that leads to is that I have a fairly large output compared to some people that I know who shoot stuff like, I, you know, like I tend, mm-hmm. I tend to put out a lot of stuff all the time. Is all of it amazing? Right. No, but it doesn't matter. You know, some of it I'm happy with and that's well, it, get, it gets us back to where we, where we were at the top. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, could, could, could you imagine, you know, walking into, I don't know, some salon somewhere and there's Cezanne with a palette <laughs> sort yeah, of making yeah. changes. On a- right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I guess, and I wonder if somebody like Cezanne ever did actually go back to those earlier ones or if that was just his, it was just like this mental trap he fell into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, it's 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 a it's a tough thing, and I don't know how it works. And then and then there's the side of things where, well, you know, like on uh, on my stuff last week, there there has to be a done. This stuff has to ship. We need to make this ad. We're printing it two weeks from now. Sure, like sure, there, you've got a hard deadline. There's that, actual that, deadlines, right? right or right. we have this we have this subject, this model for 
three hours and then somebody else is coming in. So between now and when that other person comes in, we need to finish all the stuff we need to do with this person or, you know, we're, we're shooting this video or doing this, that, or the other thing. And it's like, man, at a certain point, you just got to let it go. You've got to be done. Well, okay. Kind of a quick aside last night at the show, uh, there were photographers in, in the, uh, uh, is it the pit? Is that what they call that thing? Let's call it the the pit. The stage, you know, between the, the front row and the stage. Yeah. 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 They get three songs. That's it. Well, and then they have you to get, leave. You get three songs, then you have to leave. And what I found fascinating, there were four photographers. Wait, are they cycling in and out, or were they only there for the first three songs? And then everyone they're there went? for the first three songs in each band. They were there for the first three songs of Ra Ra Riot, out. First three right. songs of Young the Giant, out. Okay. Okay. Couple things. So, so that that part kind of plays into your hey, get what you need because this is all you get yep. kind of thing. Absolutely. But what I found fascinating, Bill. They chimp. I, w- I was watching them because I had this great vantage point up above, right? They chimped after every single shot. Really? Every shot. All four of them looking down at their screens wow. and they were missing moments that were happening up on stage because they were zooming in and out on the chimping, you know, on, on the, the right. shot on the back of the screen. Right. And it's like, okay, number one, you're probably shooting raw. So you've got some forgiveness in terms of exposure. Right. Get the shots. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. And and especially if, yeah, yeah, make sure that, I mean, look down after a couple shots to make sure your exposure is right, but then just, just shoot, Then shoot, start shoot, firing shoot, away. Shoot. Yeah. And and if you need to go up or down a third stop, two thirds of a stop, yeah, do yeah. it in post. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was kind of I, blown away, all four of them. I, I will tell you, look, I don't shoot a lot of uh, concert photography. I have taken pictures at concerts before. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that from my point of view, that is a very difficult thing because it all looks and feels the same to me after mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to find those moments that look like something other than a guy or a girl holding a guitar next to a microphone. Sure. You know? uh, try to find the, especially if the, if this, if the performer is not a dynamic, dynamically physical mover. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's next to impossible. It's like if they're just standing there, every picture you when take is such a tight same. space. It was yeah. such a tight space. Yeah, I mean, they've I, got, you know, they've got maybe three feet. This this gully, this pit was maybe three feet deep. Yeah. And were they going it. behind each other and that kind of stuff to get to other sides or were they kind yes. of where they were? And nope, okay. they were they were kind of moving in and out and, you know, ducking under one another. And, yeah. yeah. And, but I, I, I found it fascinating how much time, given how much time, how, how little time they had to shoot. I was I was kind of amazed at how much time they were spending looking at the back of the screens, looking at the camera. Yeah, well, I you know, not to be like an old guy here, but maybe that that's that's a somewhat something of a generational thing, arguably. Were they younger people? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they 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 want to see what they got. They want to put it up on Instagram while the song is still playing. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do that, man. That would. Ugh. I have no interest in doing that. I, it, it, most of the time, I'm surprised that you go to as many concerts as you do. I just, I find the waiting around and the dealing with annoying people who are singing behind you and, and that kind of stuff just so frustrating that it makes me not want to go, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, I do a half dozen times a year, but not nearly as much as I used to go. You know, used I've to gone to more shows this year since I've come to the East Coast than I have in probably the previous where would you have gone out there? Out out of town or over to uh, the desert? 
No, uh, there, there are great venues in, in L.A. The Greek is probably yeah, yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. But you'd, place. You'd go into L.A. to, to oh, yeah. do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I've been to the Greek. It's a fantastic It's on venue. the north side of, uh, what's was it, Sunset? No. Uh, it's up in the hills near Griffith Park. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Overlooking the city. Yep. Beautiful venue. Surrounded by trees. It's gorgeous. Um, Hollywood Bowl is a great venue. Uh, the Wiltern Theater is a great venue. Um, what's another um, What's another theater on one of those main drags up there in Hollywood? Uh, old theater, like the Pantages. That's yeah, up there. Something like that, yeah. Um, the Palace used to be a place to go. Yeah, who did I? I um, wonder who I saw. Anyway, yeah, I've, I've been to a couple of those places. The Troubadour is a terrific Troubadour, place to see I a show. Troubadour, that's where I was there. It's a great place to see a show. Um, yeah, and it's always warm in L.A. That is true. It's going to start getting cold here, you know. I hope. You excited for the new for the fall? Very. <laughs> All right, you want to move on to some other stuff? Yes. Uh, yes, thanks so for hanging in there, listeners. Let's uh, let's, let's look at Jeffrey's childhood pictures uh, in uh, Documerica. <laughs> Documerica. <laughs> I do have memories of some of this stuff. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes. If you do Documerica article. I remember waiting in line with my father for gas. The whole, you do the whole in 73. Oh. oh, sure. You were what, five or six? Six? Uh, yeah. Six. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a couple of years before my time, which is crazy. Um, so uh, you look at this. So this is, um, how many images do they actually have in here? 40 something images? Uh, 46 images. Out of, of 80,000 80, that were produced, 15,000 that are available from the National mm-hmm. Archives. And the whole idea was to record adverse effects of modern life on the environment. More than 100 photographers were hired not only to document specific issues, but to capture images showing how we interact with the environment. Uh, looking at these pictures is very depressing. I feel like as bad as we are about the environment now, most of the bad stuff about the environment now is just sort of uh, 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 built up over the last hundred years. Not that we are specifically doing something especially terrible right now. It's sort of just the cumulative effects of the last 50, 80 years of doing this kind of stuff. But back well, but- then in 73, man, whoo, just, you know, piles of oil drums next to rivers and, you know, this kind of right. stuff. You don't see right. this stuff as much, uh, at least not in the U.S., I mean, and it, it was a lot worse before the enactment of the Clean Air Act, which yep. was, I think, 64 or 63. And then there were amendments water. Yeah. Uh, in 70 and 1977 yeah. that, were, that were much more broad sweeping. I mean, I, I remember we would have smog days in school. I remember that wow. where you just you could not go outside. That was it. You know, the air quality was bad. You couldn't go run around. It was a smog day, so you stayed inside and worked at your desk. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you go look at uh, uh, photo 11, and it's this guy in some little tiny uh, uh, test car, uh, experimental electric car, the Sundancer. And and you look at it, and you see the guy outside the car, like, laughing. I'm like, hey, look at you and your little go-kart. <laughs> Gasoline cars will be here forever. You know? Yeah. Looks like uh, one of the kit cars. Exactly. But it's could you have made a more frumpy electric car, just to, just a, a more ridiculous first electric car kind of thing? Uh, and I understand that they didn't have the technology we have now and batteries and motors and blah, blah, blah. But it is interesting to notice how much things have changed uh, uh, d- despite people never thinking they'd be able to change, you know? I mean, look at number 15. 
15, this the smog. Is, uh, yeah, day becomes night when the when industrial smog is heavy in North Birmingham, Alabama. That that it looks like a house down the street is on fire, but it's not. Yeah. This is this is this is just the quality of the air in nineteen seventy two. And people didn't even think about it, you know? That's what kills me. Or 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 it didn't you know, your average person just kind of dealt with it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Uh there's there's a picture. It's also interesting looking at say number twenty four, there's one up the top here. Uh where's this one with the oh uh number nine, right? And you see the the Chevy on the way over to Mount Drum. Right, oh, the truck. Alaska, yep, right, yep. the truck. And and you look at that and you think, you could imagine back then, look at the size of that mountain and what it looks like and everything, right? This is this is probably before all these glaciers started melting. Maybe that looks completely different now. I don't know. I, I don't have it on in front of me. But there's this palpable sense of these giant natural things actually changing because we can measure them and we could see them now in a way that we couldn't 40 years ago, where back then they probably thought, it's a mountain with tons of snow on it. It's not going anywhere just because I'm driving a Chevy truck down the street. You know, right. there was sort of this. Sure. Well, and th- to be fair, there are still people who believe that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But but it's it's not the average mode of, mm-hmm. of thinking mm-hmm. now. You know, you could understand that people thought this stuff was impenetrable and, and unmoving and unchanging, that there's no way that we could possibly have an effect. But some of these pictures of, of there was one I was talking to you about in the pre-show, number 14, smoking gas uh, from the burning of discarded automobile batteries pours into the sky near Houston, Texas in July of 72. Yeah. Let's they're, take these lead acid batteries and just light them on fire. They're burning lead acid batteries in a furnace. Yeah. yeah. Could You know, I remember when I was a kid and my father, who... Uh, not to disparage the dead, but my father was on the inland wetlands committee in town. So he was one of the people that went out to uh, building sites and said whether or not they could build on wetlands or make changes or that kind of stuff. Cause there were a lot of wetlands in Connecticut. And, um, but he used to also, you know, pour motor used motor oil in the woods behind the house or whatever, you know, like, cause that's what just people did maybe back in the fifties and sixties and seventies, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Stuff that you would never do nowadays or or most people wouldn't do nowadays. You know, we're worried about whether or not we're recycling that one plastic bag and these people were just throwing all of their trash out into the same landfill, including everything that could be recycled nowadays. You know, right. Look how much recycling has changed in the time that you and I have been alive. Sure. Where it used to be a <laughs> recycling, you know, in the 80s and now it's required in, in most cities now, in America. Think about this. Scroll down to 29. Okay, this is the the LIMTV, the Linear Induction Motor Test Vehicle. Yep. It, it looks like uh, Buckminster Fuller's, uh, yep. uh, what is it, the Dymaxion car. Yeah, it does. Um, but think about this. This Okay, this experimental vehicle is designed to operate at speeds of 250 miles per hour using electromagnetic forces for noiseless propulsion. Imagine if funding had continued we have for 250 that mile an hour trains between DC and New York. Where would it be today? If funding had continued on a project like this. Yeah. Uh, you would have the Shinkansen trains and, and TGV trains of the rest right. of the world. Um, uh, supposedly in, in when Disneyland opened in 1955, yep. uh, Disney went to the city fathers in Los Angeles and proposed a monorail system at cost for the whole city. For the city of, of downtown Los Angeles, yeah. And and they said no, they weren't interested. No, thanks. 
Yeah, we, we'd rather dig a subway in sand because that sounds easy. You know, uh, I was thinking about if you were to do this today, if you wanted to say, let's have the 2016 version of this. Let's get 80,000 photographs selected to be used as a, a documentation of the environment in America today. You, you would you go s- look at the work of Matt Black, who has done something similar to that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you wanted... A, a, a different point of view and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you wouldn't hire a hundred photographers. You would ask that people put a hashtag on stuff and, you know, and, yeah, and, sure. and curate from there. Sure. You know how different things are. The fact that the, that the government, the EPA hired a hundred photographers isn't, is crazy nowadays. You know, right. uh, I mean, it's great. It's, this is like this stuff, the, like the, uh, stuff during the, uh, depression, you know? Sure. Like the stuff the FSA did. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, and will probably never happen again, which is fine. Just a reality. Um, anyway, I'll put a link in the show notes so you yeah, can Yeah, take a uh, look. It's, it's, it's a fascinating look at in some ways how things have changed and in, and in some ways how they have changed very little. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you, do you look at that and really do see your childhood? I see a, a, a part of it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels the way it felt when you were a kid. Or it looks the way it felt when you were a kid? I think the, the the 70s had the biggest impact on me in terms of what I remember. I mean, 80s music aside, okay, because that was a big thing. But I think the, 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 there was so much about the 70s that is is sort of awesome, in, indelible on me. Yeah. I mean, even even to the point of some of the color in these in these photographs is how I remember my childhood feeling. Yeah. Do you think that's actually how it was or how you remember it because the photographs of you from that time period have the same tones because they were Kodachrome? I think it's probably the latter. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But it it is, it is such a, 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 a a visceral response that I have to these, to these types of photos. What, what would it look like if somebody had brought in a red camera back to then and gotten really clean, perfect shots of what people looked like in the 70s? Or even, you know, a D800 or D810. Yeah. 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 How different things would feel without, uh, without the, 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 uh, the, the filter of, of, of codochromic nostalgia. Right. You know? Yeah, sure. Sure. (laughs) Uh, it's crazy. Uh, do you want to talk about the uh, the what the fifty people see in art? Um, do that another day. Let's do that another day. Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, yeah. Do you want to you want to talk about your your medium format experience, or do you want to oh. wait until you can talk a little more detail about what the actual project was? Yeah, I could talk about the camera because I used it. I used it a lot for the for the few days before. So I I, I did you the big the big question before you get to that? Yeah. Did you return it, or are you using the rental fee to buy it? Uh, uh, I am, well, uh, uh, very likely. Yes. Um, very likely. Yes. You'll return it or very likely. Yes. You're going to keep it. Uh, it's gone, but I will very likely get one gone, but not forgotten now since, okay. But since you didn't get it right then and there, will they still let you use the, the rental fee towards it or no? Uh, I think so. Yes. I have to talk to them about that because I mean. Otherwise, if they plan to send it out next week, you know what I mean, to mm-hmm. somebody else, if somebody else had registered, reserved that camera and I don't send it back because I'm 
buying. I think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. So I've got to talk to them. It's actually on my list of things to do today. But um, so you liked it then? That's fantastic. Well, yeah. Okay. So let's 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 count the ways. I know um, Phil Bloom loves his. So tell me, tell me, tell me. It tell is me. it is a fantastic photographic tool in the sense that everything is where you expect it to be. Mm-hmm. From from it is a camera designed by photographers, which is saying a lot. Um, far more than so than any Nikon or Canon SLR that I've used, and that might be true actually of of the of the uh, uh, you know the smaller digital SLR Pentaxes too. Uh, we'll have to ask Alan. Um, but uh, but yeah, th- that part of it is great. Now, are uh, you are you talking about uh, like button layout and, yeah, for and example, ergonomics? Yeah, okay. for example, there's 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 a little uh, round sort of knob switch that goes into two different positions that clicks on mirror lockup, and it's it's right it's on the side of of the mirror box. So you mm-hmm. just go, you want mirror lockup? You just go click, and all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like you're in mirror lockup mode. You don't have to go looking through menus to find it. That kind of thing, right? Um, the, the, the screen does flip up. So if you wanted to use live view, you could theoretically, uh, use it as sort of a waist level viewfinder by flipping mm-hmm. the screen up and looking down. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal for that because, uh, uh, it's, it, it only works in, in, in landscape position. The screen doesn't rotate 90 degrees. So it would work oh. in, in portrait position, which okay. is generally how I'd be shooting. So, but that's fine because the viewfinder is nice and big. I love shooting three, uh, uh, three by four versus two by three. So the frame isn't as long. It's more like square rectangular. So what are, what are the available options? You've got four, three, three, two, six, four, five. What, 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 what are your shooting options that you can shoot in? Uh, you are shooting in uh, a three, four, which is essentially six, four, five ratio okay. uh, mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. time. And you, the mean, time. you can, okay. yeah, you can crop and post of course and whatever, but, uh, but most people don't. Uh, or, you know, if you're cropping to four by five from that, it's just a squidge off the top and the bottom. So I'd be fine just shooting in that natively and using it. Um, okay. cause some cameras, I, you know, it'll, it'll crop what you're actually capturing. So I didn't know if there was, if it was only the, yeah. six, four, five, or can you, can you I do that I was wondering if there was a square crop mode and apparently mm-hmm. there is not, there are other crop modes, but there wasn't a square one. And I, I didn't delve too deep into it because yeah, yeah. I just figured I could do it after. Yeah, uh, I also yeah. got bit cause I used the crop mode on my Canon, uh, to help out a friend a few weeks ago and the DNGs were actually cropped and you can't undo it without going through a whole bunch of rigmarole. Oh. Um, so it actually kind of, it didn't hurt us cause we were planning on shooting square, but there were a couple that I was like, Oh, we could scooch that out. Oh no, we can't. Uh, hmm. so I don't do that as much anymore. Um, so yeah, the viewfinder's great. The sensor is pretty amazing. I found that there are, there's gobs of information down the bottom. It's turtles all the way down, right? It's, it is, you, you can lift up the shadows. You can, you can push the, uh, if you were underexposed, you could push the exposure by three, four stops easy. Hmm. It's nuts. Uh, you can just like sh- stuff that's completely black. You pull it up and there's stuff there and it's not very noisy uh, wow. if at all. Uh, wow. That's amazing. I did find that when I was doing uh, some stuff where like a light was near, uh, it was lit from above and somebody say forehead kind of blew out a little bit that it didn't pull back as much as it would on say my Canon or on, on, on a Nikon or something. So I think that the way that they've interpreted the data is tuned a little bit towards you want to underexpose. So you don't have a lot of room at the highlights as much maybe, Hmm. but you 
to have gobs of room in the shadows. So underexposed by half a stop or a stop and pull it up later if you want to. Um, I made custom profile for it. It, it, it came out great. Uh, I was using just one lens, which was a 45 to 85, which ends up being like a 35 to 60, something like that on a 35 millimeter. And uh, it was constant F4.5. And at 4.5, it is very thin depth of field, like the equivalent wow. of F2 or F1.8. Um, hmm. And uh, it was incredibly sharp. In fact, I will. I have a. I put a, a one of the DNG raw files in my Dropbox, and I will put a link in the show notes if anybody wants to download it and play with it, um, just to take a look. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's nice. Uh, the battery lasts forever. You know, for especially for a medium format camera, crazy. You can shoot three frames a second, which is crazy. Um, the only thing that that would is keeping me from uh, buying it today. Did I discuss the whole support thing on the show? Yes. Yeah, so that's the only thing that that and the fact that Photokina is literally next week. Um, so I can't imagine that. I mean, it, with the way the leaks work nowadays, we would have heard something. Well, Fuji and Sony are supposed to be putting out medium format things based upon some version of this sensor, this 50 megapixel Sony sensor. Um, oh, okay. And, I, I, okay. So you're yeah. you're worried about other people putting out, not Pentax up. Well, up yeah, in their or, own. or or Pentax putting out a hundred megapixel version of this, in which case I could get it for a thousand dollars less, even if I wanted the old one. You know, apparently uh, the Fuji is still going to be around 10k. Yeah, and with oh, body and lens. Exactly. And the other thing I'm thinking about with the Fuji is that they're talking about two primes and one zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't give you a whole lot of range. Yeah. Uh, the the and one apparently thing about, not an X trans sensor. It's just it's a not. Bayer, it's a Bayer sensor. Eh, well, that's half the fun of the Fuji. So yeah. Um, so the the nice thing about the Pentax is that, for example, this lens that I use new costs I think two grand. Uh, Adorama has one used because it's in one of the older Pentax lenses uh, for six hundred bucks. Wow. So for fifteen hundred or two grand, I could buy all the lenses I want on eBay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, which is something I can't even you couldn't even imagine doing. Um, on on well any of these new systems because there aren't the lenses or any of the big guys just because those lenses cost that much just for a single lens uh the only downside of it is that there's uh it, the sync speed is only 125th of a second so you can't do the thing where you really stop down mm-hmm. or, or, or really you know uh, do sort of a high speed sync kind of thing but i don't do that anyway with my canon and i usually shoot my canon at 180th of a second because if i go above that i usually get bars because the pocket wizards aren't fast enough so mm, what am i mm-hmm. losing a half a stop a quarter stop i don't really right care. right that's not the end of the world um i will tell you that overall technique is monumentally important right uh so getting the shutter speed right getting even at f8 f11 f16 there actually isn't a ton of depth of field you know Mm. Um, and you get to the point where you really start hitting a wall with, um, uh, diffraction, you know, eventually, uh, one last thing, uh, tethers great with Lightroom and I use Lightroom anyway, so that's fine. Uh, capture one won't even open the DNGs anymore. It used to, but it won't anymore. Some people say that they put a block in, you can go edit the metadata, tell it that it's an IQ 250 file, which is the same sensor as in the Pentax and it will open in. Wait, capture one and it works. You great. say they put a block. They Pentax or they phase? They phase. Hmm. Yeah. That it used to the DNGs used to open in Capture One, but the latest version they don't. And people say that phase must have put a you know, they must have on purpose put a block up in there. 
um, which is kind of a jerk move, um, honestly. But um, but yeah, so it doesn't tether with Capture One, but that's fine because I don't use Capture One anyway, and I can survive without it. Um, but overall, amazing. You know, it's 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 an amazing camera, um, but it doesn't it doesn't change the pictures you take. It just makes the pictures you take have more information. Right. Hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're, if your lighting sucks, this is not going to make your lighting better. If, if you're, if, if, if there's, you know, uh, it can also go up to 6,400 something and it's pretty clean even up there. So shooting in low light, it's amazing. Uh, it is big, it is heavy. So carrying it around like to shoots and stuff changes a little bit. You'd almost have to have it in a rolling case or in a good backpack. Um, and then you're carrying around a thing that costs a lot more money. So there's that, you know, uh, and you still need a backup. I don't know. Yeah. So it, I will most likely get one because it's the obvious new thing. And I, I, I need to spend some money this year for tax reasons and my camera's three years old, but I have a few listeners who are interested in buying my Mark three. So that plus a couple lens sales will pay for probably half this camera. So. Yeah. So anyway, it's very cool. I'll uh I'll put a link in the show notes to uh to the uh to the file. And y'all y'all can play with it. Love it. Um Love it. what else we got? Well, we moved from the very large to the very small. <laughs> Are you gonna get a new phone? No. Yeah, me either. No, no interest. I mean it's look, it's it's an iterative update. I'm sure that it's I, I think there's a lot of, of uh, fanfare being made out of it. Uh, the new iPhone, we're talking about the new iPhone camera. Uh, the, the phone itself is, is, you know, it's an evolution. Okay. Yeah. Um, Plus, you'd have to get the big one if you want the fancy camera. Yeah. I, I, from, from what I have been reading, the, the 7 Plus with the dual camera is, is more or less a test bed to put the dual camera in all of the phones moving forward. Yeah. So, in theory, the next one should have it in a smaller form factor. I don't want some giant. I mean, I, it looks like a terrific camera. Don't get me wrong. You've got 28 millimeter optical and 56 millimeter optical in side-by-side cameras. I think that's great. The, uh, the How the, do they the do portrait... the optical zoom between those two? I don't know. It's probably just some I mean, sort of You must of be interpolating the edge somehow, right? I mean, yeah. I can see the center having using information from both, but the edges are not going to be able to use the information from I mean, both. Maybe in the same way that, that Photoshop detects the edge for doing uh um panos or stitching or whatever yeah it's gonna be interesting anyway sorry go ahead uh yeah i just i don't know i mean the 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 bokeh thing for portraits is like okay actually as as somebody said the other day it's foca (laughs) foca (laughs) well because it's (laughs) foca because it's not real right i mean it's it's, it's, it's software exactly they're just blurring out the background and it doesn't work that way you can't just blur the background that's not what that is Right. Um, so yeah, it feels kind of weird. So yeah, I, I will not upgrade. Um, I, I, I Same like I am. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I still like the, the smaller form factor. I know everything's going bigger, 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 but I still like the form factor of the SE. And I had the, a dream that five. I actually bought the SE. Can I trade in my six S for an SE? Yeah, just trade it straight across. Why not? Because I kind of like the smaller one. And the, the SE yeah. has the same camera as, as the 6S. It just has the slower touch thing, right, in the in the home button. And doesn't have the stupid clicking on things hard thing, which yeah. I've never used ever. I had a weird dream over the weekend, speaking of dreams. Uh-oh, what happened? 
<laughs> Remember, I a, this is this is an all ages show. No, no, I had, I had a dream about it was a, I had a, I dreamt about a TV show. It was a it was about a group of of stoners at a college. And I, hand to God, I'm not making this up. And Rob Lowe was the RA okay. of the dorm, and yeah. the show was called High and Low. Uh, that it sounds like The Grinder, which is also a good show. What is is that? Is that a show? You never it watched was the weirdest the, the thing. Grinder? Oh, no, it it was in such vivid detail. I woke up like chuckling to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, that stuff freaks me out. Yeah, uh, I've been actually having really strange dreams. Uh, the past, like Salvador uh, Dali type dreams, or no, just just uh, I it, uh, dreams where I wake up and I go, is that really what's going on in my head? You know what I mean? Like like certain people are in it who I can't imagine being together at the same time, and it, that kind of thing. Where I I'm um or or I feel a certain way about a person in the dream that I don't think that I feel that way in real life, and maybe it's my subconscious talking to me and all that kind of stuff, or is it mixing up that person and somebody else and the feelings I have, you know, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Uh, I think it's, I think it's just stress. I, w- I will tell you that, that, uh, being on set for four days and the person who has to talk to clients and producers and my tech people and the subjects and make decisions on all four fronts all at all the same time for four days straight in a room where the windows are blacked out really wears on your mental energy. <laughs> you know, oh, by bet. the end of the day, you're just completely black. You can't even think straight. You know? Yeah, I bet. And I got on the I got on the subway the last day we we finished. We all went out to dinner, and I went and got on the subway. And I'm riding home, almost falling asleep, which I never do on the subway. I was just so exhausted. And this girl I know sees me from the other end of the car and like gets up and walks over and sits down next to me and starts a conversation. And I was like, "This is the worst possible time to have any sort of semblance like, of billness." <laughs> you know, talk to you. I can't talk to anybody right now, but I did. I was a good boy. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, Photokina is next week, and so there's a bunch of stuff getting announced. So we'll see. Maybe there's going to be some fun stuff for us to talk about next week. Yeah, 19th. Is it? Is it? So yeah, it would be next week, right? Or next Monday, Tuesday? Next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll have some more stuff. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. Monday, like, I think. I like the idea of Fuji making a, a medium format thing if it's if it's mirrorless and feels kind of like a Mamiya Seven, you know, that kind of uh, thing. But if it's but if it's more like a t2 what is the thing called xt2 xt2 mm-hmm. i don't i don't want a big slr like a big pentax 67 kind of thing i want something smaller that has the giant sensor in it like the like the hasselblad does oh by the way i'm going to play with the hasselblad little one tomorrow at photo yeah they're, they're having a little you know you're invited to play with the thing so i'm gonna go and play with neat. the thing. yeah neat so i'll give you a thing about that too okay. um Hey, remember last week or a couple weeks ago, we talked about a photographer who put her images in the public domain and then Getty yes. was using them and selling them. Getty was using them and selling them. Yeah. And she, she filed a suit for a billion, one billion dollars. Right. Yeah. So uh, Getty Images has filed their official response. I'm going to put a, there's an article in Petapixel from a few days ago. Um, and in, in, in the gist of the response is, in essence, quote, no take backsies, end quote. They basically argue that uh, public domain works are routinely commercialized, writes Getty. Publishers charge money for their copies of Dickens' novels and Shakespeare's plays, etc. And that, claim Getty, is why they're, what they're doing with Highsmith's uh, High work, and it's totally legal. So basically, we're just selling the... What is the argument? The, the, 
we're selling the file to these people who otherwise would have a hard time finding this file. So therefore we're allowed to sell it for money. What do you think of that argument? It feels a little thin. I mean, I, you know, it's a little different than the with, with the caveat that, that, you know, I, we're I'm not no lawyers. attorney. Yeah. yeah. We're not talking from a legal uh, point of view, just sort of a, moral. I can't imagine that it would be that difficult to find her work. Yeah. Especially if, wasn't it to the, uh, the library of Congress. I believe so. Yeah. Um, it seems like if you're going to do that, you need to also say this is public domain work. Like they should, they should announce on the page that the work is public domain. Yeah. And may be available elsewhere. Yes. Something like that. I think, I think it's disingenuous to act as if this is some sort of on Getty and only on Getty kind right, of thing because right, right, it's right. on Getty. I but think that's use, use the Shorpy model. You know, Shorpy, you can go search. They, they've got a fantastic curated uh, 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 gallery of images from the Library of Congress. They also offer printed versions of them. Right. Or you can download the JPEG and do it yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. Which, which right, is the move. Right. Mm. It's, uh, anyway, interesting. I thought that it was ballsy of them to basically say, no, this is fine because this is... This is what Penguin does when they sell you a copy of King yeah. Lear. It's like, no, uh, not it's really. It's a little different. Yeah, it's a little different. This is like saying we have we have this wonderful new uh, we have this wonderful novel uh, play from this new British sc- screenwriter, right? Um, playwright, and you should buy it from us. Um, anyway, uh, how uh, let's go into the hey, group. Uh, wait, what? before we get to that, the twenty second, there's a Sally Mann show at the Gagosian. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm thinking about coming up for that. Okay. Yeah. Let me, I'll put a link in the it's show a, notes. It's a Sally Mann slash Cy Twombly show. Oh, wow. Because she, she and Cy were very good friends. You know, he would go to her house for Thanksgiving. I don't I I need to call the Gagosian to see whether or not she's going to be there. I'm hoping that she is. But in June, her son Emmett committed suicide. Yes. And reports are that, that, that she has, uh, rarely left the farm so yes i would not be surprised if she did so go. i don't know now i ran into uh we ran into michelle adrian's friend that works at the national gallery of art yep and she said that they are mounting a sally man retrospective mm, okay i'd see that so and and she is in you know they're in contact with her and and blah 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 um yeah boy she's on my bucket list of people to talk to i'll tell you that would be just don't amazing. ask her about the stuff from the eighties. I'm not going <laughs> to ask that. So let's talk about the let's, let's talk about those naked pictures of your kids. Yeah. yeah so I'm not do, do you think your kids are Ugh, I no interest? I, I can't stand that kind of thing. No interest. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, the twenty second September twenty second Gagosian Gallery, New York City. Um, we'll, I'll put something up on the group uh, to remind everyone. Yes. Uh, Speaking of the group, the Google Plus group, the On Taking Pictures Google Plus group. It's hard to say in one breath. <gasps> it's so it's such a big group. It you can't even say it in one breath. You know what? What are we at? Eighteen hundred people, almost seventeen fifty-eight. Uh, now, last week on last week's show, we asked you to after a, talking about our 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 sponsor for last week, Squarespace. We said, hey, send us send us in your 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 Squarespace site, and a lot of people did. A lot of people did, but then I thought, hey, wait a minute. Why give Squarespace all the love? Okay. So I created a new uh, section in the group. Oh, oh, you created it, did you? 
Well, just <laughs> added it. Uh, added a new section. Listener sites. That's right. Listener sites. So if you want to share your site, I thought, well, you know, why, why just give Bill and I all the juice? Share it with everyone. So nice. if you're, you know, law, and, and so many people have shared their sites. And I have said this many, many times. Man, we have got a talented group of people. Yeah, we do. There is some fantastic work up there. Um, so go take a look. Some of them are Squarespace sites. Some of them are not. Yep. Uh, let's see who's added. I'll just go down the list of people who have added. Uh, Millie, uh, Chris Connors, Fernando, uh, Carvalho da Silva, uh, Andrew Shields, Freddie Clark, Lim Tan. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, John Kushner, Lance Harshberger, Andy Duncan, Dennis Skyam, uh, Graham Washatka, Danny Alexander, Mitch Sevier, uh, Florian Deal, Rob Eaves, David Young, All Justice Pen- right, <laughs> uh, Bill Hertha, Martin Rotz, uh, Jens, Millie, I already got to Millie. Anyway, tons of fantastic work. If you guys go here, set aside some time. Because well, you're going to you, need it. You can go see more than just an image they put up as uh, an assignment or whatever. You can see all of their work. Yes. Yeah, yes. Nice. Which is absolutely wonderful. So thank you guys. Keep them coming. We love seeing them. Um, it's It's been inspiring and, and humbling. Some of you people make me want to go work at Home Depot. Throw all my cameras out in the street. Uh, you are getting to that age. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Home Depot. Hoses. <laughs> oh, hoses are going to be in garden outside. <laughs> Make a left, third shelf. You were the guy that Freddie and I saw at that store. <laughs> um, the Daily Life uh, has some really great ones too. Daily Life has some terrific. Uh, yeah, David images. Lawrence's and uh, of course Freddie's Daily Life, which is beer. Uh, James Haddock's picture with the with the uh, uh, barber know, is amazing. I, wouldn't Freddie's daily life just be a a, a mountain of empties? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not just the one. <laughs> wouldn't 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 there be more? And and Freddie, that bottle's closed. I don't buy that. That's your daily life. Exactly. Uh, Todd Schick's one of the two kids in front of the big picture of the kids. Pretty cool. Yep. Like uh, James Haddock. I dig the shot of the barber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, a terrific the shot. That's great. Yeah. And uh, I also like uh, Bruce DeBolt's pictures. You should have posted three more. That way it would be a barbershot quartet. But um, <laughs> uh, Bruce DeBolt's <laughs> picture of his kid jumping through the hoop and then the one of the super wide angle uh, behind the uh, guys with the sousaphones. Yep, yep. Or a guy and a gal with a sousaphone, I think. Yeah, that looks like a gal on the right. Uh, Rena's picture of the plates in the Tupperware. Or the, it's all Tupperware tops. That's cool. Josh, love his, uh, Josh's daily life. Josh, I can bury, brush teeth, drink coffee, get in car, listen to OTP, go to work, <laughs> prep, eat dinner, drink beer, play video games, read books, go to bed or go to sleep. Hashtag oh, daily life. James Haddock's one further down of the girl with the tattoo of the skull that she holds to her face. Isn't that stuff? a fantastic series? That's cool. It is a terrific series. If you read the story, it, it, it adds to it. It re- I mean, it's a okay, great I'm set of go, photos, I'm but go check it out. Uh, Bobby Ellis, terrific portrait of a jockey. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Man, good. Who would have thought that daily life was so interesting? Yeah. <laughs> no, let yeah. me rephrase that. Who would have thought that other people's daily lives were so interesting? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Hey, look, uh, uh, Thomas Moore is actually Tom from Michigan's actually at Lowe's, and I think is that you in the background there, the front door nice. with a little blue. Yeah. 
Waving him in. You're waving him in. <laughs> Step into the light. Come on in, Tom Boy, from Michigan. I like that. I like that portrait. Which one? The Bobby Ellis portrait. Bobby, ah. if you ever print that thing, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll swap you. Of the jockey. Um, <clears throat> and jockeys get dirty, huh? Yeah. Uh, Florian, terrific shot of the train tracks disappearing into the mist. Love that. If your name was Florian, would you go by the moniker Florian Gray? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. That's good stuff. Um, is, is it though? Is it good stuff? <laughs> are you, this are is you, the question I what, have. What do you think for my assignment for this week? What do you got? Remembrance. Remembrance. Ah, okay. Ooh, I just whacked my desk with the, it with is, the chair. Uh, Sorry. It is, uh, it's uh, the week of September 11th here in the U.S. and elsewhere, but especially here in the U.S. And uh, it's also, uh, it was my father's birthday on the 11th, and uh, it's his uh, anniversary of his death on Friday. So I thought remembrance would be a uh, a, a nice thing for this Fair week. Fair point. You all right with that? I am. Okay. I am. Cool. Uh, photographer of the week <clears throat> this week. Yeah. Where'd you come up with this one? Uh, uh, I do believe our listener, Alec Bourgeois. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, sent so it this? in. Jacob Reese. So this Jacob guy Reese, is Danish American social reformer. Yes. Uh, from he was uh, 18, 1849 to nineteen fourteen, went in and shot basically super poor people in New York City, showing basically the slums of the late nineteenth century. Wow! And so a this, lot of this is sort of precursor to Documerica. Yes. In, yeah. in some way. Yeah. And uh, apparently in some of the, many of the indoor shots, he was using magnesium flash powder. Oh, wow. So he was, cause you know, they were so dark and imagine cameras back in the day, God, right? Magnesium. Jesus, that's bright. Yeah, Have you ever exactly. seen magnesium burn? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So this guy is not messing around. Uh, but uh, what's, what's kind of fascinating about it. I mean, you look at these pictures, I mean, just the level of poverty, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, that, that just was not seen. And there's a really great link in here. Uh, there's a, a an NPR link, the last one, which is like a little 12-minute podcast story about him and, and them walking around with people uh, who are historians who, who know about the guy and hmm. talk about some of his images and stuff. And, I mean, this goes back to who's the guy who did the – Oh, I always forget the the guy who did the pictures of all the the child workers and the looms and all that kind of stuff. Oh, in the mills and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't I don't remember, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, uh, mill workers photographs. Um, yeah. So the whole child labor thing, right? This is a similar kind. Lewis Hines. Lewis Hines, right? I'm just I'm looking at it right Hines, now. Yeah. So Lewis Hine did those, and and Jacob Reese was looking at just squalor and and poverty in New York City. And some of these pictures are amazing. If you flip through them, these spaces that these people lived in, and how they stacked their meager belongings, or or you know ripped apart couches because that's they found on the street and that kind of thing, or little kids in dresses in these decrepit hallways in these tenements, uh, which is really funny because you look at these places now in the Lower East Side and whatnot where these tenement buildings were. And it could be the same uh, banister 
which is all pulled apart, rebuilt, reshellacked, and put back up, and is this amazing accent piece in the building of right, this, right, right. you know, and, and, and it's it, now forty eight forty eight dollars a square foot. Yeah, ex- <laughs> if, if, yeah, that's cheap. Uh, five hundred dollars a square foot, and and before it used to be, you know, some little kid who didn't have enough to eat was holding on to it because they couldn't stand up because they were so hungry, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's just it's amazing to to look at some of these things, uh, you know, opium dens. Uh, which which was a thing back in you know back at, even in New York back in the day, I, I like. There's one image in the New York Times link. The second image is two ragamuffins. Right. My dad used to call me when I was <laughs> circa, little. Circa 1890. Swear. Ragamuffins. No, yeah, That's what he used to call me. Ragamuffin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which which I just kind of like, and uh, I keep wondering when my nephew is going to be mad. My nephew Bert, because we call him Bertie Bert Birdie. You know, Bertie Bertie right. Bert Bert Bert. I wonder at what age he'll get mad about that and be like, would you stop calling me birdie, birdie, bert, bert, bert? He probably already is. He just doesn't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, this this is amazing. This is, I mean, look at this guy just on top of two barrels. Yeah, with just a mat on top of two barrels. Yeah, slept in the cellar four years, 1890 to 92. Wow. Yep. Yeah, and these people are also probably out there working some job doing bricklaying or something, you know. So they're on their feet working for twelve hours a day, hauling stuff off of ships or whatever, and then they have to go back. Next one in this, a scrub in quotes, and her bed, the plank, right, circa eighteen ninety. That her bed is just a plank of wood. Yep, yep. And you think you have a bed? You know what I mean? Like this is just insane. Right. Uh, But uh, fascinating, and uh, thank you for Alex for sending it in. Cause I, I did not know of this man's work. Um, and, uh, we'll put a link to the Lewis Hine too. So we have it all. Interestingly enough, uh, Jacob and Lewis, J- Jacob Reese and Lewis Hine, both, you know, well off white guys going in and, and, and doing this stuff. Right. Because that's the way it was then because, photography was not democratized, right? It couldn't be the poor people making these images. It was too expensive. You know, I wonder what, what, what motivated them, each yeah. of them. I, I wonder what motivated justice. them. Were, were they advocates in their day? I mean, would, would yeah. they have been considered advocates? Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, I mean, Jacob Reese's stuff is his social reformer, you know, mm-hmm, muckraking mm-hmm. journalist. He was writing stuff, uh, social documentary and, and commentary. Uh, but, uh, humanitarian, you know, he, he worked on creating better lives for, for poor people and whatnot. Um, apparently at the age of 11 or 12, he donated all the money he had and gave it to a poor family living in squalid house. Uh, if they cleaned it, (laughs) the tenement, the tenants took the money and obliged, uh, when he told his mother, she went to help. Aw, that sounds like like any chopped down a cherry tree and couldn't tell a lie. Right. What? I'd like to do some follow up and see what were some of the were there lasting effects to his to he's, his work. He's dead, Jeffrey. He can't do a beat. No, 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 not with him. <laughs> yeah, I'd really like to talk to him. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. No, anyways, I just, I'd like to do some research and see kind yeah. of what has come out of both both his work and Lewis Hines work. Well, you know, Jacob Rees. I think it's a, a lot of it's probably a lot like uh, Upton Sinclair, right? You know, where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it, it, this is stuff that gets in the social zeitgeist and and puts people on to something that was right in front of them that they just hadn't seen, you know? Um, yeah. So anyway, that's that. Good. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us podcast at on taking pictures.com, uh, leave a voicemail three, four, seven, six, eight, seven, 94, 11. 
Uh, what else? Uh, at Bill Wadman, at Jeffrey Sidoris, uh, at, on Twitters and Instagrams and whatnots. Right. And, uh, and I think we'll see you next week. Got anything else? I don't think so. A uh, lot of lot of good work out there. I, I I bought a couple prints over the weekend. Um, one from an illustrator named Matt Stevens. Wait, let me make sure that's the right guy. Um, yes, Matt Stevens. His stuff kind of reminds me of um, kind of a mix up of of early nineteen fifties Disney background plates. Yeah, sure. Here you go. Let me see. Um, really oh, yeah, terrific yeah. use of color. Uh, terrific line work. So I bought I bought one of his pieces. And I you bought know what he did else. though? He went he went for the he went for the mat as in Matt. Well, that's that's really how you spell his name M A T T E. No, yeah. really? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So he is going to be an upcoming guest. Um, so I think that's uh, yeah. very cool. So go you know if there's there's, there's, there's stuff that you guy. like yeah. So, uh, print your work, get it out there. It doesn't matter if you, if you do anything with it, just print it so you can see it, share it. Yeah. I got to print some stuff. Too. Yeah, you do. Um, all right. We'll see you next week, Jeff. All right. Be good to each other. See you next week. Bye guys. Going on and on the way we are for so long. Too many fool, it's plain to see something's wrong as this way say what you want to say though i know your words will lay me out so i can hear you Say what you want to say I know what you will say will